Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. We are stepping into spring this month and kicking off Financial Literacy Month with a show all about education. It is one of our passions at GenWealth. And this week we're talking fundamentals, budgeting, debt, and passing that knowledge that you gain on to the next generation. It's all straight ahead. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Happy Saturday all across Arkansas. Welcome in to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman. Teresa Arago is to my left. Good How are morning. you? Yeah, I'm better than I sound, I promise. Well, <laughs> your voice is better than it was yesterday, even, yes. so it is improving, and we are glad to have you in the fourth chair. And to my right, John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker. They occupy those chairs, I'd say, 99% of the time, unless yeah. there's some reason that you're out. How are you all this morning? Good, good. Still uh, functioning despite the pollen onslaught in Arkansas for the <laughs> yes. spring? It yes. has been. There. Uh, anybody, were you a victim or an instigator of an April Fool's joke I was this the victim. Were My you? niece that I helped raise, KK, she called me and she said, now, Tia, don't get mad. And I said, all right, what's going on? She says, I think I'm going to have to drop out of school. I failed a bunch of tests oh, last week. And I was like, good. Hmm. Uh, uh, she didn't even let me pause long because she knew I was about to go off. And she's like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she did not like the silence that followed, yeah. I think. Yeah. You're trying to catch your breath and yes. determine what to say. Exactly. Yeah. Coming up with how to tell her she's a fool without you know, cussing, for instance. Well, my kids missed Cussing a, with a hoarse voice, no doubt. Yes. <laughs> yes. My kids missed a golden opportunity because I forgot it was April 1st. Or I did, Well, I knew it was April 1st, but I didn't, I didn't have any thought process that it was April, April Fool's. Fool's so I would have been ripe for the picking. But they, so they missed an opportunity. But I heard, I did hear a good one. The guy who does um, color commentary for the Razorback baseball broadcast, Bubba Carpenter, who uh, I've gotten to know over the years, and he's he was a former big leaguer. But he said that he uh, he pulled one on his uh, youngest, seven-year-old kid, woke him up on Monday morning and told him it snowed a foot outside and they don't have school. <laughs> <laughs> and the seven-year-old was bouncing in his bed, happy. And he said, no, April Fool's. And the rest of the day was downhill from there. So wrong. Yeah, but that's not you know it's not something that I that I've really gotten into, and and a lot of the reason I probably didn't notice it was uh, April Fools was because I've been a little sleep deprived, and I want to kind of (laughs) issue that disclaimer right off the bat here as we get rolling in the show is that if I am incoherent at any time, I'm blaming it on a lack of sleep, which is thereby blamed on the new addition to the Inman family household. His name is Samson. And he is a seven-week-old golden retriever. <laughs> Whines just a bit? Yeah, he doesn't like his crate. He doesn't like to go mm. to his bed at night. So we have to have a coaxing process, and then we have to cover our ears with pillows. <laughs> nice. So it's it takes just, you something. back to when your children were infants. Yeah, it just, is. Just it, cover your ears and go to sleep. And there's something about the pitch of a puppy, man. Yes. They can get so yes. high-pitched. I am just so glad I have full-grown children and full-grown dogs at yeah. my house. Yeah, well, yeah. full-grown ones can whine, too. We've had a, a visitor dog uh, recently. He likes to get out from his owner's place. And, and apparently our house is the best one in all of Saline County. He's come there twice now. And it was cold the other night when we didn't know who the owner was. So we kept him overnight in the garage. And you would think you couldn't hear him if he's in the garage. <laughs> you, you would be wrong. It's amplified. <laughs> yeah. We kept him warm, but oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I think the parallel as we start to dive into Financial Literacy Month here is the thought process of, uh, of developing the right mindset. Because one of the things I've had to go through over the last, and we only had him a week, it feels like eight years sometimes, but <laughs> I've, I've missed that sleep. You know, I mean, I'm used to my habits, my comfort zone, yeah. but I have committed. And, and actually, we had a family meeting and made a commitment that, you know what, we are not losing this battle. That the dog is crying because it wants to get out and it has to learn to accept where it's going to sleep at night. And we are not going to lose that battle no matter what it takes. And I think the commitment level, the mindset that we've developed is really appropriate when we talk about finances. And the education is first, guys, but then you have to develop the mindset that you're going to do whatever it takes. I love that you had a family meeting to commit Mm -hmm. to this because, you know, frankly, one of the kids could have been like, 
I'm tired of not sleeping. I'm getting Samson out of the crate, and he's going to sleep with me, and we're all going to sleep really well, <laughs> no, you know. No but way. but there was a family meeting for everybody to say we are all on the same page, and mm-hmm. we see that that's very important in the financial realm. Absolutely. Yeah, family meetings are are incredibly powerful things to do to set the course of where you're going. And I I want to talk a little bit about this this tenacity or this this uh, absolute you know just commitment to uh, to learn. And and obviously, Samson is going to have to learn, and and we have to learn about yeah. money and finances. And I really think when it comes to money and finance, a lot of people look at it, they go, I don't understand. I'm not mm-hmm. a financial person. I'm not a numbers person. So I am going to commit to remaining dumb for the rest of my life. And because of that, we pay the price for that. And and it's really a, a real problem here in the state of Arkansas. Although we are getting better on financial literacy, Scott, we were ranked 48th a few years ago. This year, we're ranked 40th. I don't think that 40th is anything to brag about, mm-hmm. but at least we are moving in the right direction. It's progress for sure. And I think for some people, it's they're overwhelmed. Where do you start? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that goes into your finances and it can feel like it's too much to even get started. Uh, one of uh, my kids' teachers was talking about. I went to have lunch with Bethany at school earlier this week, and and the teacher kind of pulled me aside and said, "Hey, you know, I'm teaching that financial class, and I was telling my students that they need to work like Dave Ramsey says. They need to work with an advisor who has the heart of a teacher." Mm-hmm. And he said, "He said, and I and I told them about what you did in the meeting room. He said, he said my advisor's got the heart of a teacher. They've got whiteboards in their in their <laughs> meeting rooms, and yeah. while we were in the meeting." She got, she stands up from the table and goes up to the whiteboard and starts drawing all this stuff out and explaining everything. And I felt like I'd been to financial class. Mm-hmm. And he actually teaches a class on finance. So, you know, we talk about one of our three uniques here at Gen Wealth is that we are education driven. And I would challenge you to say in this in this month of financial literacy, in the month of April, that if you're not learning something from your financial advisor, mm-hmm. you might need you might frankly be in the wrong place. They need to improve your financial literacy. And we're starting with the fundamentals on today's show. We're going to talk budgeting concepts, the impacts of interest, both on the credit card side, the debt side, and also the impact on your savings over time, plus about teaching your children as well. Now, John and I must have gotten up uh, roughly with the same mindset today because we were we were both looking at rankings of different sorts and I'm going to start off with the positive. I got the positive ranking. Yours is a little more negative than mine. But I found this from Finance 101. It ranked the states according to best states to retire. And guess what? Arkansas topped the list. Arkansas was number one as the best state to retire according to Finance 101. And here are some of the reasons. Cost of living, 17% below the U.S. average. And an average healthcare cost. It's the third lowest for retired couples. And of course, it gets into the qualities of Arkansas too, the wildlife, the hot springs, the mountains and rivers, the natural state concept. But I thought, hey, there's a great opportunity for us as Arkansans to have a wonderful retirement right where we live. Mm -hmm. The question is, are we doing what it takes financially to get that done. Yeah, and, uh, and another survey that uh, we have from WalletHub really does kind of point that out, Scott, that we are really stressed about money and some other things. Arkansas actually ranks third in this overall stressed states uh, ranking. They are number three uh, in, in amongst uh, Louisiana and Mississippi than Arkansas. But Arkansas actually is ranked number four when it comes to money-related stress. Mississippi is first. Uh, West Virginia second, Louisiana third, and Arkansas fourth. The number one ranking for Arkansas is under health and safety. And uh, I'm not uh, this. This is not a show certainly about health and safety, but it is about money. And we've got to get busy, really uh, committing ourselves. Much like you were committed to Samson <laughs> and the kennel, mm-hmm. uh, we've got to be sure that we're committing ourselves to be education driven, just like we are here at Gen Wealth Financial Advisors. So no more April Fools. Let's talk about. About learning something, some things, some tidbits to take away from today's program to be more literate financially. We're getting started on the Get Ready for the Future show. More after this. Don't touch that dial. Straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money is right around the corner. The Get Ready for the Future show returns after this. 
Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Later today in Minneapolis, it all gets started. The final four, Auburn, Michigan State, Texas Tech, and Virginia getting set to battle it out to see who the national champion is going to be. And we've got our own version today of the final four on the fastest four minutes in investing. Our partners at LPL Research providing us, John, with the final four factors. What are the four factors they've identified that could be the drivers one way or the other for the markets and the economy over the balance of 2019? And I love that they've even seeded them in order of importance. Absolutely. Scott, the first factor that we're going to look at is policy. Now, we've had Fed policy or monetary policy really ruling the roost for the past seven or eight years, as a matter of fact. And LPL Research believes that we're really going to shift from monetary policy to fiscal policy. Fiscal policy is really the policies that the Trump administration is are, are, are pushing and that Congress develops over the next few weeks and months, we think that those things are going to be the most important factor in the economy going forward. Trade policy remains a risk, but we do remain confident that there's going to be a deal between the Trump administration and the Chinese. Meanwhile, the risk of Fed policy mistake has really kind of dipped down because the Fed has kind of paused on Mm -hmm. this interest rate journey they've been on. I love that they point out, too, that obviously corporate profits were higher because of the tax cut package that was passed at the end of 2017, but LPL Research thinks the full impact from capital investment incentives that were part of that has yet to flow through too. So that's a positive. That's the top seed. How about number two? Number two is the economy. What's going to happen with the economy? We hit a soft uh, patch in the economy at the first of the year. Uh, Things began to slow down, but we do expect GDP growth uh, for the economy at about 2.5% this year, down slightly from 3% pace that we had in 2018, but above the 2.2% average pace since the economic expansion began. The fiscal policy and, of course, the China trade deal is going to give the economy a boost over the next few months. So that's our top two seeds, number three in the final four factors affecting the markets and the economy for 2019. Rates. That is with regard to basically they're looking at what is going to happen with that yield curve. We, we, you yes. mentioned already the Fed Reserve, the Fed has decided to kind of even out the interest rate hikes. There, there are likely not to be any possibly for the rest of the year. But what's going to happen now, market-driven response to that? Yeah, so over the next year, we believe that the 10-year will increase slightly as uh, rates begin to tick up, a pickup in the U.S. economic growth, and we're going to have a tight labor market. Of course, there's full full employment going on right now, yeah. and that tight labor market and a pickup in growth will cause the markets to push those longer-term yields up a little bit. So we expect the 10-year to go up from where it is right now over the course of the next few months. So they give it a rating of modest positive, the rates, the number three seed. And then our final seed is the final four Uh, The fourth factor with regard to the markets and economy is earnings. And we know we talk about it all the time, John. Fundamentals drive uh, stock prices higher, the more profitable, the more earnings that corporations have. And they've had good earnings, but there has been some indication that the growth there is slowing a little bit. And we're seeing growth in earnings now. We're not talking about uh, a negative on earnings. We're actually talking about slowing down the growth to about a uh, mid-single-digit level. But we still see growth in the S&P 500 earnings outlook. And so the bottom line of this is, Scott, that we expect the S&P to end up somewhere in the 3,000 territory before the end of the year. And so as we said before, that's about a, from where we are right now, that's about somewhere in the neighborhood of a 6 to 8% increase in the overall market in terms of total return by the end of the year. We still believe no recession in 2019 because Correct. of the, the indicators that we just talked about. There are the final four factors on the fastest four minutes in investing. Fours are wild today. Thank you for watching on social media and the show continues after this. Stick around. More straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after this. 
This ain't your mama's financial advice. Turn it up because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. General Financial Advisors with offices all over the state of Arkansas. We've got one in West Little Rock, Bryant, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and Northwest Louisiana. If you're hearing my voice today on the Get Ready for the Future show, there is likely an advisor near you with GenWealth ready to sit down and talk to you about your finances, your retirement. As we kick off Financial Literacy Month, the month of April, back in 2004, lawmakers passed a resolution officially recognizing April as Financial Literacy Month to, quote, raise public awareness about the importance of financial education in the United States and the serious consequences that may be associated with a lack of understanding about personal finance. And as we talk about these consequences, I want to go back to real quickly, guys, what I was talking about with the new puppy. You know, we were talking about my side of that equation and the war of attrition that's taking place in making sure that we train the puppy. The puppy's having to learn the hard way, right? It wants to do what it wants to do. And I think a good setup for this discussion about financial literacy and things that we're going to talk about in this show is to come clean and say the folks at this table probably learned the hard way, right? We've we've been through some of this and done it wrong, and that's how we can probably look at it on the other side and know. Yeah, what is it about money that that makes you stupid? <laughs> yeah, right. Emotion. I, yeah, yes. I, I guess it is. But you know, we we tend to think, well, I worked for that. That's my money. I'll do with it what I want to. Sure. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, that hard headed attitude leads you right into oblivion when it you comes know, to money. E- even if there's not the hard headed aspect of it, fear and greed dominate just about every financial decision there is. And a lot of times people don't see that in themselves. They may be able to see it in others, but they don't see those emotions in themselves. And you have to be able to set aside the emotion of any financial decision and look at it with pure logic and make a decision. And, you know, we've talked to money managers who do not put their own money or mm-hmm. their mother-in-law's money into the, the money that they're into, whatever it is they're managing, mutual funds, et cetera, mm-hmm. they won't do it because they, they know that they act differently. And that points to the need for a coach who can go back and say, you know what? Here's what you need to understand. Let's just walk forward with this together. Yes. I think we as a, a society have lost the ability to delay gratification. Yes. And that that tends to lead to a lot of those decisions. Even as an advisor myself, I'm not my own advisor. Because yeah, right, I know that right. I need a coach, too. I need yeah. someone holding me accountable. That's right. Well, I think you've got to look at this education aspect of it. And and a lot of people are like, you know, I got educated in school and I'm done with that. I don't want any more education. <laughs> well, you can't do that with money. You've got to be learning really all the time. And you don't right. have to sit down in a class and, and become an expert on mutual funds. You don't have to become an expert at any particular area of finance. You've got to learn some behavioral things that I think will will stay with you and affect you long term. And one of the things that, that we've tried to do here at GenWealth, because we believe if you're going to achieve your financial purpose in life, You've got to be educated. Right. And we have put together a program that is designed to reach the masses to educate people about the fundamentals of money. Let's talk a little bit more about why we did this. You know, every advisor at GenWealth has sat in many appointments where the the clients, as they began to get the picture of everything, at some point looked up and said, man, I wish I'd met with you guys 20 Mm -hmm. years ago, 10 years ago, you know, whatever their number was. Man, I wish I'd known this information. I've learned, you know, however many things in that one meeting. How many times have we had that conversation? And because one of the three uniques at GenWealth is that we are education driven, we got together and went, okay, how do we change this? How do we help people know this 10 years earlier, 20 years earlier than when they feel the need to come in and see an advisor? And so we thought, you know, school systems haven't been doing this. They're doing it a little bit more now, but they haven't been doing this. And so we're going to take that onto our shoulders and go out into the workplace and meet people where they are and say, listen, here's how money works. So we've got a program called Money Works, mm-hmm. and we're going to go in and just say, hey, 
here's some of the things that that you need to understand about money. And I'll just name some of the some of the companies we've worked with so far. We've done some with Blue Cross Blue Shield. We've been out at LRPD for years and years and years. Took a little bit of a break even out there because everybody had heard everything, and then they asked us to come back. And so we've been out there a few years now again. And we've got companies like Farm Bureau that we're working with. There's some big name companies, Baptist that we're getting started up with now that have asked us to come out and to educate their employees. So we're doing what we can do to help people improve their financial literacy in the state of Arkansas. And Janet, I think the key in talking about this is that this is real actionable ideas, yes. real actionable education. It's not theory. It's not, you know, things that are going to be over your head. Even if you don't know an awful lot about money, we're going to meet you where you are. That's right. And we're going to educate you where you are and then help to lift your, your knowledge lid up and get you better at managing money. Because if you don't take that first step, you will always be behind as far as money management is concerned. So let's talk about something that you can do to help improve the financial literacy in the state of Arkansas. If you work in HR or if you're in a decision-making capacity wherever your company is, we'd love to come and talk with you and and explain how money works is set up. By the way, there's no cost in doing this. I'll be real transparent with you. We know that if we present to a group of people, there's going to be a certain percentage of them who will raise their hand and say, hey, I need to meet with a financial advisor. So we don't have to charge the company for us to come in. There's no pressure for anybody to meet with us, but we know that a certain number of them are going to want to. And then in doing that, we'll get compensated through our normal lines of compensation when we do business anyway. So if you're in a position where you can make a decision about that, you have the ability to contact us and just say, hey, contact me and give me some more information about MoneyWorks. All you need to do is email us info at getreadyforthefuture.com and we'll get in touch with you about MoneyWorks. And Scott, one of the the surprises when I've had conversations with the HR people about MoneyWorks, one of the surprises is that we will come and uh, do this presentation, these presentations. There are actually up to six presentations that we can do for your company at absolutely no cost to the company. Most HR directors are going, well, wait, wait, uh, we would like to pay you for that. And and we don't need the compensation for the presentations. And and won't accept it. Because of exactly what Janet said. Well, they they recognize the value. I think once they sit down and see that presentation, they recognize the value for their workers, for their employees. And there's lots of data out there that suggests that the better off that, Teresa, the workers are in their finances, the better and more productive worker they're going to be. Absolutely. We know that people are spending time at work worrying about money, dealing with it, getting on the Internet and looking things up. If we've educated them and giving them an opportunity to feel more secure – then they're not going to waste that time at work doing it and be able to focus better. So as Janet said, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Just send us an email and we can get back in touch with you if you are a decision maker at a company and would like to learn more about our MoneyWorks program. Uh, you know, there are a lot of folks that, that have 401k plans out there. A lot of companies have 401k plans out there. And the, one of the common themes that we hear is that, you know, our people aren't even putting in enough to get the company match. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's because I think it's got to be that they don't understand yeah. how impactful that is number one to them. And then secondly, they may think there's no way I can turn loose of that amount of money because I've got debt. Well, maybe we need to get you out of debt so you can participate in that in that 401k plan to its fullest extent. All of these things are things that we can help you with with MoneyWorks. So you can email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We've got a, a PDF of a brochure that we can send out to you for sort of an initial uh, perusal of this. And then we'd be glad to follow up with you and have a conversation about money. Works no cost to your company, uh, absolutely free of charge, and it is a game changer as far as the education of your employees is concerned. Lots for you on today's Get Ready for the Future show, too. So stay with us for the rest of this hour. We're talking about things, the fundamentals of financial education, and we're stepping into budgeting to start with some budgeting concepts. You know, about 40% of Americans would not be able to cover. A $400 emergency. We have budgeting issues. Not even a third of people earning a paycheck stick to a budget. It's 32% according to recent data. So budgeting is an issue for lots of us. And I would say that it doesn't matter how much money you make. 
Obviously, if you are a lower income family, you may have a harder time making ends meet, but there are plenty of high income earners that struggle to stick to a budget. And really, when we talk about a budget, I prefer cash flow management. That's really what we're talking about. You have a certain amount coming in every month and you have a certain amount that has to go out every month and you have some control. And I would say a lot of control over what that amount is that's going out. And if it's more, if it's out of whack, you're never going to be able to replace something in a $400 emergency. And you're certainly never going to be able to save for retirement. A lot of people just don't really want to buckle down to the discipline of this. But here's the the real truth. If nothing changes, then nothing's going to change. That's right. You have to change first before your circumstances are going to change. I think a lot of folks sit around thinking, well, if things were just different, if things were just, if I just made some more money, if I just didn't have this happen to me that I had to spend some money on, look, life is going to happen. You have to be prepared for that. And that's one of the things that that I've tried to to instill like in my daughter, who's just coming out of, of college and getting ready, you know, to move into the workforce to work with us here at GenWealth. We've had long conversations about emergency funds yeah. and, and staying out of debt and, and the path that she needs to go on to really build in some good, solid habits and build in some defenses as far as your money is concerned, because you can't live in in, in the margin. Right. You have to live on the paper, not out here on the margin, so to speak. You know, in school, Janet, you were a teacher. You can relate. Your mom was a teacher. I bet if people wrote outside the margin, it was like bad news with Miss Elizabeth, right? Well, she was a math teacher and they had to kind of write all over the page. But <laughs> but I do remember, though, uh, I remember very clearly in elementary school that, boy, that, that fine pink line, if you didn't stop there, you were going to get to redo your work. Yep. You know, and I didn't want to redo it, so I wanted to do it right the first time. And, and I think a lot of times with money, people don't know how to do it right the first time. And they wind up living in the margin because nobody coached them about how to do it otherwise. I think for some people, again, we go back to being overwhelming. They think yes. I can't stretch my dollars any differently. I can't. But I, what I found when I started doing a budget several years ago was that there were a lot of things that I didn't even realize I was spending money on. Yes. That I didn't realize how much I was spending mm-hmm. on them, that if I just planned a little bit ahead... I could avoid some of those expenses right. and it was a game changer for me, especially when I was a single mom Yes, to be able to have control on the front end mm-hmm. so that it didn't get away from me on the back end. Right. Well, we use some principles that you may have heard from Dave Ramsey. You may have heard of Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Several of our advisors have even taught the course at uh, their church. We'll dive in if you haven't next uh, segment to look at the Gen Wealth journey to retirement. What do you need in your emergency fund? What do you need to do to deal with debt? And how much do you need to be investing for retirement? All things we'll hit on on the other side of the break. Stay with us. Have a financial question? Want answers? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, your location, and your question. And we'll answer your question on the air. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show from the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios. April is Financial Literacy Month all across the country, and we're talking financial education on today's Get Ready for the Future show, and we'll get back to that in just a moment, but I want to take a moment when we're talking about education, and we've mentioned already that it is one of our three uniques at GenWealth that we are education-driven, strategy-based, and team-delivered, and an example of being education-driven is an opportunity for you to get some of that financial education for free at our next GenWealth Academy workshop. It is coming up on Tuesday April 23rd at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza. We're going to be talking about the three biggest risks to your retirement. So this is especially for people who are, as we call it, inside the retirement red zone. Are you five to ten years away from stepping away from work, moving from the accumulation phase where you're building assets to now distributing your funds, your assets to you, uh, to yourself as income and trying to make it last the rest of your life. Well, if you are, then you need to attend the Three Biggest Risk Workshop because we're going to be talking about the three challenges, those three big risks to making that money last. And we'll also be talking about the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, which includes some solutions, some possible solutions and strategies to take on those risks. Here's how you do it. It's free to attend, dinner served, Tuesday, April 23rd at 6.30 
at Crown Plaza. We just need a headcount. We need you to register. If you're interested in coming, please do that by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. Sign up is free. The event is free. Learn about the three big risks. Now, as we move on, we were talking about the cash flow management portion of hitting the fundamentals of financial education. What do you need to do first? And setting up a budget is key. We call it cash flow management, and we also follow a process. There is a process. We call it the Gen Wealth Journey to Retirement, but it closely aligns with, as we mentioned in the last break, guys, Dave Ramsey's baby steps. We meet with people all the time who are followers of Dave Ramsey. They are at various stages of those baby steps that he has, and we're in line with those two. And number one on that list is establishing an emergency fund. Now, we're going to make one little adjustment to that because Dave says you need $1,000 in an emergency fund, Janet, but Dave wrote that concept a few years ago. Yeah, it was a little bit over a quarter of a century ago now. And so, you know, inflation happens. When you Mm -hmm. think about how much milk costs then compared to what Mm -hmm. it costs now, bread, you name it, everything has gone up in price in the end two and a half decades plus. And so we would just say that you need to have a couple of thousand dollars in your emergency fund before you start focusing on everything else. I, I would say it's really all about focus. You know, you have, Teresa, you were talking about, you didn't realize how much money was in your cash flow until mm-hmm. you really started focusing on what little changes can I make here and there. And then you realized, hey, there's some money I can free up that had other labels on it or didn't have a label and it was just leaving my wallet. Mm-hmm. A- and so then you can focus that on baby step one, get that $2,000 saved. Yeah. And when you think about the emergency fund, you think about you're having to cover unexpected expenses. Mm-hmm. I can clearly remember when I got married, everything seemed to cost 20 bucks that came up extra. Yeah, you know, whatever next, it was. And it was extra 20 bucks. That was just it. You know, that seemed to be the number that you need to be prepared for. Uh, if something popped up, if you threw an extra 20 in it, you could usually take care of it. How long ago was that? That's 31 years okay. ago. <laughs> just to make sure. Uh, way to be honest. It's been a while. Mine it's seems to be higher than 20. But well, yeah. then I moved to central Arkansas, and all of a sudden, everything was 100 bucks. <laughs> and I don't know why it went from 20 bucks in El Dorado to 100 bucks in central Arkansas, yep. but it was, uh, you know, inflation kicked in, and it was 100 bucks. These days, have an emergency that you can get through without spending yeah. darn near $1,000 on. I mean, you think about if you need to replace your tires yep. and if you need to replace your refrigerator, those are things that you're not going to go without and mm-hmm. you don't want to have to put it on the MasterCard because the borrower is slave to the lender. That's why we call it MasterCard. Mm. It will it will rule over you. Well, and, and you think about it, unless you get some Maypop tires – you know what I'm talking yep, about. Yep. Uh, a, set of, a good set of tires is going to cost you six, seven hundred dollars. Yeah. By the time you yeah. get them all balanced and mounted and all that type all of thing, all the stuff you're supposed to do. All the stuff. Do. It's going to cost you six or seven hundred dollars. I'm just telling you, it's a thousand dollars now, and you don't want to wipe out your emergency fund with one emergency. Especially if you're trying to make some ground with debt, you yes. don't want to have to accumulate more debt just to get through. Yeah, exactly. That's a huge step in just starting. Dave Ramsey, I've heard him say an emergency fund keeps a catastrophe from being a catastrophe. It turns a catastrophe into an inconvenience. Yes. That's and, right. And, that's and, right. It, and that's what it is. It's a disruptor. And if we're making a plan for retirement, if we're making uh, plans for any other savings goals, this is a disruptor. And it's not going to disrupt much if you have an emergency fund established. And then number two on that list is pay off all debt. We've already talked about that. If you need help doing that, we can provide you a debt snowball analysis as part of our uh, planning process here at GenWealth. And that is really good to have, too. We talk about the value of having a plan on paper on purpose, but be able to see and track when your debts are going to be paid off, John, is a is a very motivational process. Yeah. And you've got to have that commitment. This is where that commitment comes in. You've got to have that commitment to staying out of debt. Yeah. And that means staying completely away from the credit cards. Look, I understand you can use credit cards to get points and things of that nature, but this is a very insidious uh, thing that you have to deal with when it comes to debt. If you put stuff on the credit card, somehow it gets sticky and it stays there. And you're defeating your purpose if you are trying to debt snowball and you're continuing to use a credit card. A debt snowball is to get out of credit card debt, not to just uh, pay on credit card debt. It is certainly something that you've got to step away from in your mindset. Stop. Just stop adding to it. That's all there is to it. And then once you get rid of the debt, number three on that list is to go back to the emergency fund. We're not done with it. We're not going to leave it at $2,000. Keep the momentum going. Save three to six months worth 
of living expenses. And that is a good rule of thumb. But I'll tell you in client rooms, I kind of go a step farther. Here's how I approach my fully established emergency fund is if you took a look in a 12-month calendar year and all the crap hit the fan that could possibly hit the fan, and I'm going to have to meet my health care insurance deductible. I'm going to have to meet my property insurance deductible, my car insurance deductible. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. am I going to be out of pocket if everything yeah. happened to make sure life keeps going? you got to cover the perfect storm. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's where I set my amount. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do it, but three. if you're having a hard time figuring out what those numbers are, I think three to six months is a good rule of thumb. And then Dave says invest 15%. Of household income. This is getting into the retirement conversation. Once you've got the debt paid off and an emergency fund, let's set a, an amount of your income that you're going to put back. Now, we would vary that a little bit because for some people it might need to be less. For some people it might need to be more. We need to know what our goal is. Where are we going? Yeah, well, we, and, and when are you starting on yes, this? Right. Yeah, and we would be a little bit more precise about this. Uh, we believe that that you do need to do some actual calculation on this and not just abide by this rule of thumb of 15%. Not that there's anything wrong with 15%. 15% is a good number, but 15% is not relative to to where you want to be in retirement. You want to relate how much you're saving for retirement to how much you want to have in terms of income when you actually get to retirement. I I would say, you know, Dave is talking to the masses. There are Mm -hmm. literally millions of people listening to him at one time. And so he has to say, here's the general rule and how you do it. And so that's why he says 15%. It's not something that we disagree with, but we get more specific. And that's why, frankly, that's why he has people like SmartVestor Pros to be able to drill down and say, look, in your situation, you didn't start until you were 50. So 15% is not going to get you to retirement Mm -hmm. on time. We need to really boost this up. Or you're starting at 20. We don't really need to put in a whole lot and you've got a great company match and you're going to be more than on time for retirement. So we really want to personalize that for you. I will say that I've never had a situation where I looked at someone's portfolio and went, you save too much for retirement. Yeah, right, Never heard it. Yeah, right. It just doesn't yes. happen. And so I think that that if you're going to err, err on the side of more than less. Right. And, and certainly you can do more in retirement if you have more money. But the bottom line of it is, is that you should work with an advisor and find out what you do need to be saving right now as you go on this retirement journey. Number five, save for college for your children. And that and that's a, a little bit of a unique thing as well. It's a priority for some, not a priority for others. But let's talk about people who it is a priority for. Where do you do it? You know, there are some great options out there for people, 529 plans, ESAs. And then a lot of our clients choose to do it just in a non-qualified brokerage account too for the flexibility of right. if, if my kid earns a scholarship then and I don't need that money, I don't want to be tied to having to use it for just educational expenses. Well, and, and I, I think it's important for you to pay attention to the sequence on I this. I was just yeah. going to say yeah. that. That's true. Yeah, as parents, Teresa, you and I, especially mm-hmm. as moms, you know, moms are, all parents are known for this, but moms especially are known for, I'm going to sacrifice, 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 yeah. and I'm going to give everything to my kids, not only that they need, but what they want as well, and put myself in in last place. Well, your retirement, if you put yourself in last place, you're actually going to hurt your kid because here's how this plays out. If you take care of their college education and you don't take care of your retirement. Now, if you can do both, more power to you. Go go do it. But if you have to prioritize the dollars because you don't have enough to be able to do both, if you do their college education and don't have retirement taken care of, there are no, when you get to the time of retirement, scholarships or grants or loans to cover your shortfall in retirement. They can cover college in one of those ways. Mm -hmm. So it will wind up that if you can't fund your own retirement, you move in with your well-educated kid. And I can promise you they would have rather paid off student loans than to have mom and dad move in with them because mom and dad didn't take care of retirement. So put Mm -hmm. your kid first by putting them after your retirement. Well, and I think there's a a lot of uh, benefit to having your kid work. Work. 
and and actually work before they go to college yes. to save for college. Yes. Think about how empowering. Think about how uplifting that would be to a co- a college kid to know that he helped contribute to his own college education through his hard work. I was that person. Mm-hmm. I yeah. knew in my family dynamic that it was not going to be realistic for my parents to do that for me. And so I worked hard in high school. I got a scholarship. Mm-hmm. I worked hard in college. I kept it. I worked to make sure I could pay the excess parts of it because back yeah. then the scholarship didn't increase with you as tuition increased. And it, it was a huge pride point for me yeah. that I was able to get through college on my own dime and make that myself. And, and you perform my- better when you've got skin in the game. I agree. You just do. Number six is pay off your mortgage early. And that may or may not be right for you. That's something that we can walk through as well in the planning process as we go to the ready to retire process here at Gen Wealth. And number seven, build wealth and give. Save additionally. It all comes back to an income plan, part of the Gen Wealth ready to retire process. If you need, uh, would like to learn more about that, whether it's debt elimination, identifying your savings rate that will get your asset level to where it needs to be for retirement, or an income plan for you that would include investment strategies as you move from accumulation to distribution, give us a call, 501-653-7355, or email us, info at getreadyforthefuture.com to learn about that first appointment with a Gen Wealth advisor. We're going to move on as Financial Literacy Month continues here on the Get Ready for the Future show right after this. The road to financial independence isn't easy, but it starts here. Back with more financial wisdom from the Gen Wealth team after the break. You're listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you aren't following us on social media, you're missing out. Check out behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. Just search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us at Gen Wealth FA on Twitter. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you're anywhere near Little Rock and you're anywhere near retirement, we want to remind you again to join us on Tuesday, April 23rd at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Little Rock. That's right there near the Big Rock Exchange where 4.30 and 6.30 meet up. That's where we're going to be talking about the three biggest risks. What are the three biggest risks to your retirement as you move from accumulation into distribution of your own assets and providing yourself retirement income? What are you going to be facing Learn more about it at our upcoming Gen Wealth Academy workshop. It is free to attend, dinner provided, and education is the driver here. We are not there to sell you anything. We want you to learn something about these three big risks. You can sign up by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. If you'd rather have us sign up for you, you can give us a call, 501-653-7355. We'd be glad to do that, and we hope to see you at that Gen Wealth Academy Workshop. Final segment of the Get Ready for the Future show, talking about some basics, some fundamentals of financial education as we kick off Financial Literacy Month, the month of April, designated as that all across the United States. We've spent quite a bit of time on budgeting, covered the baby steps uh, from Dave Ramsey, which is part of our Gen Wealth journey to retirement. We're going to talk about interest in this segment, the good and the bad. And maybe even throw in the ugly right there. And we'll start with the <laughs> ugliest of all. The the interest can work for you or the interest can work against you. And unfortunately, we've we've show, shared some of these stats today on the show, guys. For most Americans, the interest is working against them. Yeah, if you pull out your credit card statement, if you have one, and look on there, there is a actually a federally mandated portion of yeah. that statement. And it says something like this. If you do not charge anything else on this credit card and you only pay the minimum payment, you will pay this card off in X number of years and months, and you will pay some extremely high amount of interest relative to the amount of money that you have charged on the card. Now, I will tell you that it was at the point of a gun that the uh, credit card companies had to put that on the statement. And for whatever reason, the intoxicating nature of debt continues to lure Americans into using those credit cards, despite the fact that it's right there in black and white from the credit card company themselves what it's doing to you financially. I'll tell you why that is. We live in an electronic world. Mm. How many people look at their statements, their mm-hmm. actual physical paper statements on anything? 
on their bank accounts anymore. Man, if we didn't open that bank statement when it hit the door, you know, Mm -hmm. it was trouble at home because that, that checkbook needed to be balanced immediately. But people don't look at their statements. They set up stuff on automatic payments. So the credit cards are set up to pay that minimum payment automatically. Now, sometimes they're throwing some extra money at it, but I'm telling you now, they're not looking at that statement. Well, I think it's interesting that when you, when you look at the, the nature of a credit card, and just to give you an example, I know I don't I don't have any idea what the credit card interest rate, prevailing credit card interest rate is 20 right now. Twenty-something. But I know that back way back when, if you had $10,000 on a credit card and you only made the minimum payment and you were being charged 19.8% interest, mm-hmm. then it took you 39 years. Yeah. 39 years to pay off that $10,000 credit card. Depending on how old you are, you might see Jesus before you get that card paid off. <laughs> well, I, I just know that that this is one of the big things that has Americans behind the eight ball. And we got a little sobered up on this back uh, after the financial crisis. We began to pay down debt, yeah. but it's easing back up now. And, mm-hmm. and again, it is one of the things that does impede you from your goal. You are enriching someone else's financial future when you're paying interest and Instead of receiving interest, which is where you need to be. When you're talking about the electronic world, I was I thought you were going to the place of it's so easy to buy. You know, that too. We, that we don't too. we don't we buy with a click of a mouse. Now. Yeah, mm-hmm. submit. Don't don't press submit. You don't even have to go through checkout on Amazon anymore. Oh you my just gosh. buy with one click and yeah. it's done. My yeah. daughter no needed some some new pants for school, and there's only because it's a uniform deal. There's only a certain you know few that she can wear that actually fit her. And I didn't want to go to the store. And I'm sorry, but I'll buy everything else online. But I don't buy clothes online. But by golly, mm-hmm. we did the other night, and yeah. it was super easy. And she said they fit better than any she's ever had. And I thought. I'm going to do that again. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that part is in the cash flow because it's school uniforms and That's we've right. planned for that. Mm-hmm. But how many things are you buying just because it's as easy as a click? When John mentioned earlier, I've heard this before from clients. Well, I'm doing it for the points. Well, that only works for you if you've paid that thing off right. every single month. Right. Otherwise, yeah. you're losing. That's yeah. right. If you have that discipline, it works. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you better stay away yep. from it entirely. And most don't, sadly. That's, that's for sure. All right. So the flip side, the good news is interest can work for you on your savings and investments. And if you think about the effects of compound interest, it is interest on interest. And and guys, when you talk about saving for retirement, we've seen it time and time again. If you're behind and, and you get into your 50s, it may be more difficult, but you can still do it. Yeah. But my goodness, you are setting yourself up for success. The earlier you start, the better. Let me start uh, my comments here by saying that any investments that you get that pay a dividend, uh, those dividends are not guaranteed. So you can't 100% count on that like you would count mm-hmm. on interest at the bank. So that being said, nod to our compliance folks. Let me tell you that we love dividend paying instruments, yes. especially if you're accumulating money because those dividends get reinvested and buy more shares of whatever it is that you're buying. And so you can add money to it yourself. And then those shares get more dividends too. That's right. And so you get this snowball effect, just Mm -hmm. like you get a snowball effect on paying off debt. You get this snowball effect of interest compounding on itself along with your contributions, buying more shares. You're building up this big share snowball, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that share snowball at some particular point in time, you may be able to go, okay, you know what? I'm going to just stop reinvesting the dividends and I'll start sending those dividends to me for another stream of cash flow that might be able to supplement your income at some point in the future. And we've said it before, we do not have an account minimum at GenWealth. We believe everyone should have access to a financial advisor. And Teresa, we've met with many clients who don't have much of a nest egg when they come to us. Absolutely. And and they may have gone online and tried one of those calculators of how much money I need to have when I retire. And it's some wildly Astronomical huge, number. Yeah. But unattainable. You need $7 million yeah. to retire sure. is something insane. What it doesn't account for is a strategy. Right. It doesn't account for a plan. It doesn't account for guaranteed income sources like we do when we're planning for people and the time over the years you know imagine how overwhelming it would be if you're that person who already feels behind and you get on one of those calculators and it says you need this astronomical number well that's going to deflate you real fast yeah instead of getting yourself a coach and someone that can help you make some positive steps because anything's better than nothing that's right 
Our final topic today, and we've only got a few minutes left, is talking about teaching your children. You know, all of this financial education that you learn is great, but that is one of the most valuable things you can do is to pass that along to the next generation. Financial literacy is one area that our children cannot afford to have us let them down. Well, I have to tell a quick story here. I remember when Sean first started working here at GenWealth, my son, he got his first paycheck and his first comment wasn't, hey, I got my first paycheck. I remember this. His comment was, who the heck is FICA and what are they doing with my money? (laughs) (laughs) So there was a little little financial education that had to go in there and we we got past that and he now understands that that FICA is actually paying his grandparents social security checks. Yeah, You you know, that is, there's really something too that political ideologies continue to shift as you get older, the more taxes you're paying. There's probably some truth to that truth. I agree with that. Yeah, well, I, you know, fun story for me, I've got a nine-year-old and when we were uh, filming some uh, videos for kids, you know, kind of a kids say the darndest things concept yeah, and asking them yeah. financial questions. I remember my son, Nathan, he thought a 401k was a candy bar. Well, I mean, a millionaire yeah. is, and, like you know, it, right? yeah. 401k, yeah. I bet it would it's be a funny. sweet tasting candy it's bar. Funny. I remember one time when uh, Bethany was at the, she was at the checkout counter with me and she had gotten big enough to actually see what I was pulling out of my wallet, you know, mm-hmm. instead of a little bit shorter, she couldn't tell what I was really doing. And we had had all these conversations because her mom's a financial advisor about mm-hmm. credit cards and about, uh, you know, just how you spend your money and all of this. And so we had actually transitioned from using mainly cash because frankly the world is changing and yeah. you know some somebody pulled a knife out at Bryant Walmart this years mm. ago and I was like you know what I'm not going to carry as much cash as I used to I appreciate you Dave but I think I'm good with my mm-hmm. debit card you know and so we had started using the debit card well she had not seen me pull out the debit card before mm-hmm. and her face I mean it looked like a robber just ran in the store she <laughs> said mom (laughs) we don't use credit cards and i said baby and we had a little lesson right there at the counter and the teller just uh, the the cashier person just waited for us you know and she was just kind of like watching a volleyball tournament going back and forth in this conversation i'm like honey this is a debit card it is different than a credit card and we also had the conversation debit sounds a whole heck of a lot like debt Mm -hmm. you know it just didn't sound good and Mm -hmm. so we've talked about this a lot over the years and you know dave says something dave ramsey says something that i just find is hilarious but it is so gospel true he says you know our parents didn't talk about money and they didn't talk about sex and we thought they had neither and it turns out they had both (laughs) you know i will tell you you need to be talking about money absolutely Absolutely. we need to be having those conversations with our kids because at the end of the day you don't want them to walk the same rocky muddy nasty road that you had to walk financially and you know more than you think you do share that knowledge with them. And if you don't know, if you don't have any credibility on money with your kids, get them in front of somebody that does. Yeah. yeah. Because it is very critical that we break this cycle of financial illiteracy. That's really where we are. Yes, we're up about eight points or eight places on the financial literacy scale, but we got a lot more ground to cover. For my kids, the big point has been that yes, I have money. I just choose not to spend it on that thing that you want. That's right. Yep. That's Delaying right. gratification and letting them understand that we're not poor. I just choose not to waste. That's right. Hey, we're out of time on this week's show. We thank you for watching. To find out more about the topics we've discussed, you can always check stuff out of our website, getreadyforthefuture.com. And don't forget about the Three Big Risk Workshop, April 23rd at 630 at the Crown Plaza. Free to attend. You can sign up at our website as well. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. Thank you.